Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bringing Virtual Care Home. My name's Tina Nall, and I'll be your host today. I also am the Chief Clinical Officer at Anelto, and my guest today is Dr. Keith Fernandez, who is the Chief Clinical Officer at Privia Health. Today, Dr. Fernandez and I are going to be speaking about physician enablement and how it's changing healthcare. Welcome, Dr. Fernandez. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. And I thought we could start today by you um, giving the audience a little bit of your background. Sure. Uh, uh, I am uh, the Chief Clinical Officer of Privia. I actually have several roles in Privia. I'm also uh, the uh, Chief Medical Officer of one of our markets and one of our accountable care organizations. So I have kind of multiple roles. Been with Privia almost seven years. And pre prior to that, I was the uh, Chief uh, Physician Chief and CMO of the Memorial Hermann uh, Physician Network and ACO in Houston, Texas. Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, I, it's not uncommon in healthcare today for anyone to be wearing multiple hats, but those sound like big jobs, so good for you. Um, can you give the audience an overview of Privia Health? Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, Privia is uh, a company that really partners with physicians in, in uh, multiple markets and multiple different kinds of models. We partner with physician groups, of course, uh, we have partnerships with payers, uh, partnerships also with hospital systems, uh, like the Ohio Health System uh, that we just mentioned. Um, but our job there is to bring uh, certain types of uh, uh, enhancements to physician practices. In common terminology, it's called, called physician enablement and bringing uh, physicians who uh, need help with technology, a very robust, for instance, uh, technology platform uh, at the base of which is Athena, but has a Privia overlay on that to make it uh, much more effective for all of the value-based care that has to be done uh, nowadays. It's also effective for just managing patients, uh, by the way. We bring other types of services that, especially small practices, and, and by small, I mean even 100 doctor, 200 doctor practices really can't uh, have easy access to, like, you know, just fantastic contracting expertise, data analytics, the technology platform, which provides a lot of information to the physician about a patient right at the point of care. So not just, you know, information lists that come to you, but when you're actually seeing a patient, what does that patient need to have? Um, what would benefit the patient? Uh, powered by tools like clinical decision support, um, that, that drives certain types of activity based on the patient's uh, uh, health status, um, that sort of thing. Uh, we also bring services that I think are, are uh, just fantastic for doctors. You hear a lot about uh, burnout and physicians, you know, coming to work and it's like just a job to interact with the electronic medical record. It's, you know, many hours after work. Uh, a lot of uh, attention diversion, even during uh, your, you know, a, a patient visit that can make it very disturbing. And we bring, bring resources that actually take a lot of that burden off of the physician um, that uh, I think really improves their ability to practice medicine the way they want to. Physicians really want to stay uh, in a relationship with a patient. Clinicians, the, the same way. They want to see a patient and interact with that patient one-to-one, -one, 
they want to have autonomy. And autonomy doesn't mean that, uh, you know, they're doing whatever they want, so to speak. Uh, but it actually means that they have the ability to, to engage a patient differently and have a relationship that allows them to do what that patient wants to do along with what, you know, probably is necessary to do. Uh, maybe the most important thing in, in alleviating burnout is protecting the physician and patient relationship, which is one of our primary goals. Um, so I think that's in summary what it is. I think of it, you know, when, when a physician joins Privia, um, they, they want to join for some of those benefits, but always they want to do the same thing. They want to provide great care for patients. So it's, it's not as though they want this, you know, for, for just the convenience, but to enhance the great care that they can provide. So we think of this as really enablement as um, providing great care for physicians and their practices, right? Really taking care of them. Um, and that allows them to focus on the patient primarily. The, the other thing is, you know, value-based care is very different than the old, older style fee-for-service medicines. Fee-for-service medicine still dominates, uh, you know, the, the, the world. Uh, but value-based care is much more focused on a patient outcome. And so it's not just what's happening at that visit that counts. It's not just what's going on today, how do you feel, what can I do about it? It's who are you? Where do you live? What kind of barriers to healthcare do you have, which can be provided to that physician in the practice at the point of care, which can change the way they, they interact in a much more beneficial way. They can actually address the real needs of the patient other than just the complaint. Uh, and that sort of thing, I think, improves outcome. I'll give you another example of, I think, really providing great care for patients. We focus a lot on uh, access. That's our most important kind of you know, activity. How do we give patients access? And we want to do that wherever they are, um, however they want to receive it. We have a very uh, robust 24-7 virtual uh, clinic uh, that any of our patients can access anytime. The people who manage that clinic are Privia uh, people, uh, Privia physicians, uh, so that it's actually in the electronic medical record. Your, your doctor's notes are visible to that that group, uh, and you immediately get informed about anything that happens in that clinic. Uh, closely associated with that is a nurse uh, care, we call it the care advice line. It's multi-purpose, uh, uh, a group of uh, nurse care managers who, who manage things like transitions, questions, you know, I need this, I need that, I feel bad, what do I do? They're connected to that virtual uh, clinic as well. So if the patient seems like they need something more, it can go to the virtual clinic and the clinics can schedule patients for tests to do the schedule and order laboratory tests, those sort of, sorts of things. I think we're exploring moving into what I think is instead of a office-based centricity, uh, really a patient-based center. So we want to take care of that patient wherever and however they want to be taken care of. Uh, and that's difficult. Uh, but I actually think it's going to improve outcomes. Having the ability to get care whenever you need it with your provider, with your doctor or uh, nurse practitioner um, or clinician, I think is critical to you know reducing hospitalizations and emergency room visits and care by people who really don't know the patient the same way that their primary physician knows the patient. Um, we want to use tools like 
uh, you know, the, the, the virtual clinic, there are many tools of a virtual clinic nowadays that we didn't have uh, 15, 20 years ago, at least not the same way. For instance, remote monitoring. And I think um, even, I, I heard a different term for it, but ambient monitoring. Remote monitoring is kind of focused on, I want to do your blood pressure. Ambient monitoring is actually having the tools in the home that will help engage that patient, keep them safe, allow them to interact with their care provider uh, in any fashion that they want to. So um, I think uh, the other angle that I think is important is in value-based care, sometimes a patient doesn't know when they need something. They forget. They don't want to go to the doctor. They can't afford to go to the doctor. They don't have transportation for the doctor. It's 40 miles you know, outside of Washington, D.C., and the only appointments are when there's a lot of traffic, all of those kinds of things. Um, we want to be able to um, ensure that those patients can be taken care of. And so we're, we're right now exploring home visits, different level home visits um, from, you know, neighbors to EMTs to nurse practitioners occasionally. You know, some of our physicians still do home visits. We have whole practices that do that. Uh, primarily, and we want to be able to reach those patients when they have no, you know, idea the, that that they need to be. We know they're sick. We know they need to get something. We want to be sure they get it, and so we can reach out. So I think it's it's kind of giving your provider access to you, even when you know you may not be able to go see them in some fashion. Wow. Well, that, that is wonderful. I, I hadn't heard that uh, term, ambient monitoring, but my company does have a comprehensive uh, remote patient monitoring solution, and, and I would like to believe that some of our uh, tools in the home do provide that as well. And and the, the insight that is gained when you're looking at a patient in their home environment um, helps you deliver care in a way more effective way. Um, you know, some might call it smarter care because it, you, nothing is artificial about that environment uh, compared to when the patients come into the office. And then to take your solution further and make the office more meaningful with the tools that you, you talk about, Privia, providing physician practices just creates a whole new enhanced world in healthcare. So great for you. Um, can you talk about some of those key components to physician enablement that Privia provides? Yeah, sure. I think that that uh, first of all, there's you know a ton of information in the world about uh, about patients. And of course, the future is going to be even more information. You know, all of the different areas where you can gather information that may help you um, understand how to treat a patient. But for a physician in a practice, how do they get that information? How do they make it usable information and actionable information? Because getting big lists, tons of information in different places or in the wrong place, like you know, it goes into the EMR, but it's not where it's supposed to be, all of those kinds of things. So our technology allows us to filter a lot of that, to do a lot of the work in the background. I mentioned earlier clinical decision support. And basically, it's just a phenomenal tool. It's, it's not perfect. None of these things are, but it searches the record for certain information. For instance, you know, if you have a history of diabetes, it searches, did you get the appropriate diabetic testing? It searches the record, perhaps, for medicines that are high risk in diabetic patients. It also can interact right at the point of care if a, a physician orders uh, a drug 
that really probably should be avoided, if possible, should be avoided in a diabetic patient. And it says, hey, you know, maybe do you want to think about this for just a second? And actually, it's not too, I think when I tell physicians that, they sometimes go, ah, <laughs> I don't want any more, you know, pop-ups or anything like that. Well, these are, are not intrusive. They just say, hey, if you want to, you can change that. Or you want to consider this. You can also ignore it, though. And I think it's important that we not put the doctors in a position of having one after another after another um, sort of pop-up. But it does allow us to present information that is really important that doesn't require a lot of work figuring out if it's accurate. Um, so I think that's one thing. There's another area I think that we, we uh, have done just a huge amount of work on. And we've proven to the physicians where our model is really much like a private practice, you know, keeping its identity. Um, it, it, um, it, it isn't uh, that we manage every part of their practice. So some of these things are elective, like do you want that, this or that? We provide, I think they're called Privia Plus services. And so you can have, again, it's a non-physical uh, scribe, um, you know, that is integrated into your office so that the information from that visit can be uh, collected. And all of that work of putting things uh, in the electronic medical record is done by somebody else. And then, of course, reviewed uh, by the physician. So that's called Scribe Plus. There are also things like Coder Plus and Biller Plus. And as a you know, gastroenterologist, I can tell you that the vast majority of my career, I had no idea uh, if, I, if I was billing correctly if I was getting paid correctly by the pay, by the payers, um, and these tools allow us both to give give the physician a kind of an assist on doing appropriate documentation uh, and coding, uh, as well as making sure that they're uh, billing appropriately, so that they're not the payer is not going to say, "Oh well, you put the wrong stuff down for that. You're not going to get it." Kind of helps them uh, negotiate that, and and the technology in the background, I think. Um, we've won an award called the HFMA Award for Revenue Cycle, but, you know, that basic fee-for-service stuff um, uh, that ensures that the physician is being paid appropriately. And if they're not, it takes action without bothering the doctor or the practice right away to go see if they can collect that money. Um, so those are the kind of things that enable a practice actually to, to uh, do, I think, do better, appropriately better financially. Um, and um, and take a lot of that burden that is so frustrating to practice. Yeah, I can see where that would free up time for doctors to uh, maintain a primary focus on the patient, which they are so great at and um, will produce better outcomes uh, all along the way, uh, as well as strengthen the relationship between the patient and the physician. If the, if the physician can be less rushed, um, more in tune, um, and uh, so... Great work. Uh, so what, how, how would you say Privia Care is changing healthcare as we've previously known it? Yeah, I think that the, all of us are trying to transform healthcare, right? I think that's, that's what your company does, I'm sure, and, and most others uh, are trying to do something different uh, uh, to improve outcomes. So I, I think what we do different is improve outcomes. We have a very high uh, engagement rate with our, with our practices and with our uh, patients, I think. And in value-based care, you know, for financial success in value-based care, you got to improve the patient. 
it's not like disconnected. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do my usual business and get more money for it. It actually uh, relies on improved outcomes. And in the United States, we have a, kind of a disappointing uh, uh, record in improving outcomes. In our ACOs, we have, you know, ACOs in very different markets, right? Um, in Houston, Texas, a very intense hospital market. In some areas in Georgia, we have rural practices, nowhere near a big city, um, and, as well as ones in a big city. Uh, so very, very different types of models. Um, and, and I think, um, I think if you look across the board, we generally are very successful with our accountable care type contracts across Medicare uh, and commercial contracts because we have certain things like fewer hospitalizations, fewer EB visits, right? Um, we have uh, in, in most markets better uh, rates uh, where, where diabetics are, are well controlled. So there are outcomes like that that I think allow, first of all, you know, shared revenue with the payer and with the government. That brings the physician a little more revenue, I think, outside of the mainstream uh, fee-for-service, and that just enhances the practice. It certainly, you know, makes the physician and the practice feel better. It makes it possible for them to hire people so that they can do uh, the job of taking care of these patients better. Um, and it takes a little bit of that, uh, I think, um, burnout, takes a little bit of the edge off of the burnout. Um, most doctors, I find, are just workaholics. And so if you bring them, you know, something really good, many of them just work harder anyway, right? They don't, yeah. they don't allow it to relax. But some of the things that we bring them uh, do allow them to say, wait a minute, I don't have to do this. I don't have to race uh, from patient to patient. And I think that's so important to that outcome, having a relationship with someone really cares about you and you actually have confidence that they care about you that they're going to watch out for you um, so uh, I think um, I think that that we have better outcomes and that's generally uh, where we want to be I think great care for patients physicians want to join us because we're not talking about the technology in the first place we're talking about first let's take care of those patients and then here are the ways that we can do that and help you do that so. Yeah, it's it's truly a win-win when when the physicians become more satisfied and the patients become better and the timing couldn't be more appropriate than um, on the tail end of this pandemic and the short uh, shortages and staff everywhere. So, um, yeah. so what is next for Privia Health? Well, I, you know, I think if you look at look us up, you'll find uh, on one of the websites it says we're here to transform healthcare, and that's what we want to do. We want to transform healthcare. I'm old. I've been trying to transform healthcare for a long time, so I'm not I'm not thinking that I necessarily will see it all change in in my lifetime. But I certainly want to participate, and our physicians want to participate in that too. They want to see things um, get better. So for that. What do we need to do? We need to continue to grow. And that's what, what we plan to do is to grow so that if we have a model that we can say is successful pretty much everywhere, taking better care of patients, reducing the total cost of care, um, I think then you begin to think, well, can we uh, really transform healthcare? I, and, and I think many others think, you know, hospitals are obviously critically important, but hospitals also know it's better 
to have a patient home and help they believe in it, right? Um, and so I think that uh, with our activity with hospital systems, I think that's going to grow significantly um, and allow them to concentrate on, on managing the hospital uh, and their positions in the hospitals, you know, as, as, as well as they can be managed and then allowing those community providers to grow around them, uh, I think is really important. So we have to continue to grow. For us to grow, we have to continue to provide great service uh, to our physicians. We have a very low kind of dropout rate of our physicians. It's critical that we keep that um, we, because I think it, it just is another example of how we are actually doing what we say we're going to do. Um, and uh, so we need to grow and we need to be successful, right? We need to really be very valuable in the value-based care area, bring uh, extra revenue to the physicians that way by improving outcomes. Um, and so I think, you know, for in the simplest of terms, I think it's uh, great care for patients by enabling physicians to provide great care, helping them uh, do that, and then growing and, and being successful or winning. Yeah, I saw on the website where um, you already have incorporated OBGYN specialty, pediatric specialty, um, trying to remember all of them. But is there any particular targeted specialty that you guys are looking at for uh, integration next? Um, yeah, we have. In fact, um, I, uh, before this, I was working on uh, a discussion that I'm going to have with a group of uh, specialists in Caribbean. We have something called the uh, Specialty Collaboratives. Mm -hmm. You mentioned pediatrics, OBGYN, we have EMT, pain management, surgery, we have a, a whole series of them. We're integrating them thoughtfully uh, into the groups that we have because in value-based care, of course, you know, you need specialists to be tightly integrated. We're bringing uh, specialists into the group. We're also connecting them with e-consultations uh, inside the group. That's not a big pot yet, but we have begun that process with pilots in all of our markets now uh, where uh, specialists are basically, you know, uh, at the point of care with the doctor and say, like, you know, I need help with this patient. It's not two hours from now or tomorrow. Yeah. It's within three minutes. Wow. Right? Yeah. I mean, just, just think it's, it's a lot like the old days a little bit. Uh, you can put, put, you know, share more information, but in the old days, we used to, I used to call Dr. Smith, the general surgeon, and say, hey, I've got this patient here, what do I do? Yeah. And they would say, well, do this, this, or they'd say, send them over, or whatever. Um, so um, I think that the specialties are going to be very uh, important to us. The group that I came from in, in Houston, actually, this was an OB group. I was not OB, I'm a gastroenterologist, but I had worked at Memorial Hermann, mm -hmm. and they thought, well, I know a lot about this stuff and that can help them grow a primary care group around them. Mm -hmm. um, so our platform actually is uh, modifiable to really support specialties. And I think you'll see us growing uh, in that area in the future, uh, as well as with our typical uh, you know, medical group uh, growth and hospital growth there probably will be specialty verticals. In the meantime, we want to integrate the specialists that we have uh, into our value-based care programs. I think for specialists, there's not a lot in that space. Even the ones that have been somewhat successful that you hear about um, around uh, hip replacement, knee replacement, are not uniformly successful. 
And when you look at the whole package, they generally haven't saved a lot of money uh, when you look at the other expenditures that occur. So we're looking for ways um, to actually uh, find ways to build value around the specialties. And I think, you know, the, the truth is, I'll, I'll give this plug to specialists, uh, and I'm a little biased because I'm a gastroenterologist, but a primary care doctor may not know as much about certain complicated heart conditions or intestinal conditions. And wouldn't it be great if we really did work together? Yes. That we're in the same platform, we can see what happened, we can ensure, if I'm a gastroenterologist, I can say, you know, Mrs. Smith, you haven't seen uh, Dr. Jones about your diabetes lately. I'm going to go ahead and put a note in here, and I want you to go see him. I'll send him a referral. So it's actually something that the doctor of healthcare can do something about that. Um, at any rate, so I think that's an important uh, part of what we're uh, beginning to build. Yeah, I can't, I can't help but think how beneficial that is to patients as well, um, even from a standpoint of, of building the perception that their care is coordinated um, as opposed to fragmented, um, just puts them in a different uh, frame of mind to know that they're being cared for holistically um, and, and not a body part or a particular disease, but a whole person being looked at by all of the different specialties that will keep them um, with their best health. So that sounds absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for spending time with me today um, and telling our audience about Privia Health. I wish you and Privia Health all the success in the world going forward. Um, and if there's any last words you want to share with the audience, please feel free to do that now. No, I, I appreciate appreciate helping us get the word out of, uh, about Privia, and I think uh, I think uh, that our success is going to depend on people actually hearing about us and believing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Fernandez, and thank you all for joining us. I hope you'll join us again soon for our next episode of Bring Virtual Care Home. <laughs>